What's going on, guys? This is Chess with Max. We got another episode for you. This is Fly Guy Rufio, and he is a hip hop artist out from Tampa, Florida. He's had his music featured on No Jumper, amongst many other top music blogs. And he's got a strategy that is quite interesting when it comes to social media and getting his music across all these platforms into your ears. So without further ado, we got Fly Guy Rufio. Travel, entertainment, fashion, photography, social media, business, music. This is Chats with Max. What's up, guys? This is Chats with Max. We're here with Fly Guy Rufio. We're talking a little bit about the music that he does and kind of his strategy about how he's getting this out to the people. So, man, give yourself a little bit of intro. What's going on? I'm Fly Guy Rufio, um, versatile artist. Uh, Definitely would like to say, uh, style-wise, pretty compared to, like, I would consider myself more like a hip-hop style artist. Uh, Get the comparison to, like, Kid Ink. Wiz Khalifa, Drake's a dope influence. Wayne's another dope influence. So. For sure, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, I'm just. I moved out here to LA like not even like a year and eight months ago. So I'm trying to like branch out and expand from where I'm, where I've come from, from Tampa, Florida. So what were you up to out in Tampa that later on brought you out here with music? Uh, I kind of wanted to broaden my horizon a little bit more. A lot of the artists that are in Tampa, they've actually been expanding a lot more recently. I've been noticing that uh, they've been doing a lot more than what we were doing two, three years ago. But I kind of wanted to compete with the best of the best. So I uh, opened up for Machine Gun Kelly, um, French Montana, Juicy J, you know, Vibe Nation. And uh, Neil was a a big promoter out there. And as uh, things kind of like, took a turn for me i wanted to step out of being the opening artist and wanted to expand myself as my own household branding name so yeah I figured, yeah like start working on getting that those headline gigs hey, and all that yeah i figured la was yeah. the way to go why not the belly of the beast so that's yeah man kind of where i headed to <laughs> that's crazy well anyways so you said you're from florida uh growing up what were kind of your uh inspirations that you looked up to when it comes to music because i mean you gotta have inspiration oh yeah for sure to move out from your hometown all the way out here in LA so uh, yeah for sure for sure uh, uh one inspiration is my grandfather Paul Martin uh he's actually been on Billboard top uh top 40 for R&B damn um yeah so that's actually pretty tight he had a track called Snake in the Grass in the, like the 60s so it was pretty lit for him uh, <laughs> yeah, Snake in the Grass <laughs> in the 60s was yeah good. man yeah man uh, <laughs> and then obviously Michael Jackson my father he raps too uh mc hammer was a dope another dope one 50 cent uh is another dope one so i mean it, it can it can range from uh patty labelle my mom loves patty labelle so yeah Andy houston so i just been music has always been like a dope inspiration for myself so yeah that's awesome a lot of eclectic uh musicians in that mm-hmm. in that box i love guns and roses too yeah. Slash is the guy right there, man. Damn, yeah, I could tell with the skinny jeans, kind of like the rock star. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, that that rock with star with the docks, <laughs> fresh docks on. Yeah, man. <laughs> Did you study music when you were younger, or like, were you rapping along like at lunch, or like, how'd you get into this? Like, uh, so I actually went to middle school for performing arts. Um, yeah. But prior to that, my parents were really big on you know at church we would play a lot of instruments. And then we started in the, in the Performing Arts Center. Uh, there was a guy named Fred Johnson who used to throw a lot of plays uh, at the Performing Arts Center in Tampa, Florida. So whenever um, whenever we started with that, kind of expanded the idea or the music inspiration took itself to another level from like a professional standpoint. And then when I went to middle school, I was in band. I played uh the tuba, I played the drums, I played the euphonium. The tuba, yeah, man. I used to, I actually, I actually used to march with that thing through like summer high school, and then uh, I also played the viola too as well in in the orchestra. So, and that and at the performing arts school, they had talent shows. So I um was really big into like that's when I first learned. Sixth grade was the first time I ever wrote a song. Yeah, yeah, it was to uh, the grinding beat, the clips. Okay. And, uh, Pharrell, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was an interesting, a very interesting rap. Uh, yeah. Nothing, nothing like the style that I would ever rap. But yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
but you know what's funny is like I've I've done some research on you and I've looked at your YouTube and you got some like straight up kind of trappish like party oh, stuff yeah. on there, right? Yeah. I mean, when did that stuff kick in? Because right now it sounds like in middle school you were a little bit more clean cut, put together, like formal music studies, mm. right? So yeah, yeah, where yeah. did this turn come into? Uh, I would I would say once I reached high school, uh. You know, you get you get around a circle of friends that, uh, you know, they have the party lifestyle. And then being when I went into when I jumped into college, too, as well, it was just like everything was like a party every week. So, yeah, naturally, I don't know. And possibly even also just listening to like Chris Brown and uh, Tyga, a lot of the, the influence, too, from that range is what like captivated and gravitated toward me. So like partying was like mainly a thing. And then. What I did notice is the producer uh, that I have, Dan Stone, he goes by uh, Notes on the Beat, he had a very trap sound. So mm-hmm. it just kind of like that that wave, to explain it, it just was easy. I dropped one party track, like party style song. Yeah. They played it in the club and it just felt like it it set in and there was this DJ named Nick James at, uh, at Czar in uh, <laughs> Tampa, Florida. The place used to be the freaking hot spot. He was the only DJ at the time that would play my music and we could actually get a crowd bumping. So once I once I noticed that that was kind of like my niche, it was like, you know what? Party music is probably the way that I'm going to go and it's the easiest thing for me to relate to. Everybody, yeah. I felt like everybody wants wants to party. Everybody wants to have a good time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. why not you know, sure. go with something that everyone can l- relate with? Yeah, but I mean, do you think this switch... Because it sounds like you almost switched, right? Yeah, yeah. From when from your beginnings, like did this switch kind of kick in? You say like more in high school. Uh, I was actually pretty reserved in high school, but that's where I I kind of wanted to get out my shell and experience a lot about life. That I I think that I was kind of a little bit more sheltered in that regard. My parents were I'm the the oldest of a bunch of siblings, so my parents were really like protective over us and making sure that they knew what was going on and. Uh, I didn't get a lot of I, I got freedom, but I didn't get a lot of leeway to fully party like that in high school. So once I got in college, it was just kind of like I wanted to real wild. Yeah. And think, Sorry, mom. Then you're getting you. that, that, that <laughs> song inspo from that probably. Yeah, exactly. OK, OK. I see how, how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, though. Uh, so, man, how long have you been at this, though? Since it sounds like from middle school. So, like, how many years are we talking now? From... From really taking it seriously, From though. Taking it seriously, uh, I would say 2000 and maybe 12, 13 was where like I realized this was something that, that I wanted to take as far as like a career. I, prior to that, I felt like I had the talent to to do it, but yeah. I, I didn't see myself. If you would ask, if you would have told, if I would have told myself now, like when I was eighteen, like, oh, you're gonna try to be an aspiring rapper, I probably wouldn't have believed myself. Yeah, like, yeah, like, like you weren't fully invested into just putting all steam ahead into it. Yeah, I didn't, didn't, yeah. I didn't really think I had, I didn't really think I had what it took at that time. Uh, I wanted it, but I just didn't think it was something. It, also, that's the beauty of social media because I didn't feel like I had the platform to catapult that. But once you had YouTube and, yeah. um you know, MySpace and people were making, doing covers and rapping on Facebook. It gave you that, it felt like it gave me that outlet. And then I did a video one time and the video had like a good hundred comments on it and a couple thousand people watched it and were like, yo, yeah. you're actually good. And I was like, oh snap. I, you know, yeah, maybe take this into something a little bit more serious. Yeah. And I mean, with you talking about YouTube and Facebook and all that stuff, I mean, I feel like with social media blowing up, it's really opened the platform for Mm -hmm. people to not have to really go after that record deal, like right at the beginning, like like trying to just, that's the main goal, you know, like a lot of people now are, they're starting out homegrown and kind of leveraging up. Mm -hmm. I mean, Kendrick Lamar started out, you know, same deep out in LA and look where he's now, you know, like even a little pump. Like then he just, then he just reached like some deal and shocking. Like he was not going to sign unless it was like 12 mil. You don't hear a lot about people coming out of a record deal and getting like, that much more that much money, money like little like little pump like he pretty much wrote a blank check for himself yeah. right yeah, yeah yeah and that's because from my understanding he wasn't with a huge management deal and to begin with mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah and, no, and, social- and unlucky for them <laughs> it ended you know social media is uh is definitely a whole different ball game when it comes to catapulting yourself as an artist and i, and I noticed that it's like how you said it's the one direct way to where you kind of really don't need a label if you have the right budget you have the right plan um 
behind what you're trying to do and if if it pops and the people like it you could be in a entirely different platform months later especially i feel like though in the beginning i mean i feel like labels have their place Mm -hmm. but depending on who you are you know that that place is either smaller or larger larger yeah 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 i mean i think i feel like eventually you do need a label if you want to really really take your career to the next level from some form of partnership but but what about chance the rapper for example i mean he he might do maybe a distribution yeah, deal or whatever and, and, and is that what, what you're talking that's about that's what i'm talking about more oh, okay, like okay. even like even gucci man is another one where it's like all they're doing is they're getting distribution through the label they're not yeah. really <laughs> getting 360s or taking advances because they just i know like, 360 like doing yeah. my research on that like that seems like the worst it, at times it I feel like it could be depending on the deal. I feel like you got to go in with all this leverage if you're really going to come out well from a record on deal. On top, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, it, uh, I feel like a lot of art, a lot of artists don't talk about this, but even, and when you're in that kind of ball game too, you also want to reinvest your money into things that bring in some form of residual income. I feel like a lot of times artists are fi- find themselves constantly on tour and. Mm-hmm. getting short ends of the stick because they see money that they've never seen before and then they just blow it all yeah and they rely off that and instead of taking that money and investing into something that you're saying that's why money. some artists become like yeah fall like 24 7 tour yeah tour people. that could that could be it i mean that yeah. I, I can't really speak on you know everybody's situation in general because everyone's yeah. situation could be different but there's a reason why you're constantly overworking yourself and you know maybe you have to compensate some in i i'd I don't know too many people who want to stay on tour <laughs> all year long, like yeah. the way some of these artists do. But yeah. I mean, the, the, we'll get into a little story. This one now. group, I'm not gonna name their names because, like, I'm I'm homies with some people that are homies okay. with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I get they were a small group that came out of my hometown and they got signed to Republic. Okay, and they started getting like you know differently produced songs, like mm-hmm. in major studios and stuff, and okay. going on tours and doing bigger shows. You know, yeah. But it seemed like they were on tour like all the time and i was like well when are they making new music and every time they started making new music like it didn't really sound like it was their sound anymore and next thing you know dude this year like i think it was either this year or last year the beginning of the year they get dropped from republic like Mm. three years into it i I feel like that that is where and it's like i think it's like they lost what originally got them there it could know what i mean it could either either be that or even a lot of times too like i was talking to um you know, shout out to SAE, my teacher. We were talking about 360s, uh, Alan Dash. A lot of times, a 360 isn't bad if you can find a label that believes in your vision and 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 they believe in your creative space to where it it meets the end for each other. And I feel like a lot of times too, people want to control these artists because they want to secure their investment on yeah. the artist, which makes sense. Yeah. Generally speaking, but if you believe in that, if you believe in them, I feel like there shouldn't be no reason why they shouldn't win. But maybe just it just worked out. Maybe it just where that that deal them being dropped probably could be the better end for them to get something better down the road. You never yeah, know or just gather that them. motivation to like get their own their own hype thing together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I saw an- another uh, artist that got dropped. Uh, I think it was Jake Miller, mm. and he said after he got dropped. He had the motivation to basically make it so he didn't have to depend on anybody when it else. came to production. Yeah, so he started I, learning how to make his own beats and do pr- his own production. I thought and he I was can't vouch for it yet because I haven't heard a bunch of his new stuff. I was reading yeah. the story and it's like it honestly makes sense. It makes sense. I, I thought he was. I honestly thought he was gonna blow. At, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Jake Miller. Yeah, yeah. everybody was kind of on him like two for a bit, years right? ago at least. Yeah, yeah. Chris Brown and all of them was shouting him out and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. Yeah, I was actually thinking about him the other day. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. He brought him up. Yeah, man. Wow. That's crazy. Anyways, though, off of that tangent, about social media, man, like what what has been kind of your process when it comes to marketing yourself? Like once you get this track done, you mix and master it, mm-hmm. what has been your process that you've been running right now when it comes to like Instagram, SoundCloud, hitting up blogs? Mainly mainly, I've been trying to network more with the blogs. I've I've been kind of like trying to bad back from hard selling myself. And yeah. that's one thing that I I used to do. I used to spam, spam, check me out, check me out. Uh put it on my story, follow Flag Rufio. My new my new track is hot. And it yeah. got to a point to where um I feel like that deters the audience. And a lot of times yes, we we as people we we're, we're fickle and that it's it 
it's the worst. Most people are going to hop on the wave once the, <laughs> the wave is moving. And, and the, the beauty of a blog is you get the cosign. So a lot of times we receive things when other people say, hey, yo, this is tight. Check this out. Yeah. And um, that's that's kind of like the the road, like the road that I'm moving toward with my music. If I create something, I want to make sure that the content is going to be posted on the right market and multiple markets that can broadcast it to a, a broader audience to build traffic back onto me as an artist. Yeah. And uh, I'm still learning the so like this, the algorithm for me that's going to that's going to work to catapult my artistry. But uh, that's the blogs, like the No Jumper blog, the repost that was lit. And I feel like the more consistent that I am with something like that, it could create more of an opportunity down the stretch and down the road too as well. Yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to blogs though, or these reposts or these mentions, or, you know, you're, you just getting your stuff put on by somebody. I mean, some of it's paid media and some of it's just word of mouth, mm-hmm. like that they, they rock with you. Yeah. But would you say professionally you got to have a bit of both really for success hey we live in a world that is based off capitalism as much as people probably don't want to admit that um yeah pay for play i feel like it exists i don't want to put out as many people who do it but for the most part (laughs) (laughs) it definitely it definitely exists but i mean you know what there's really nothing wrong with that because like at some point even with like i said even with what you got going on if there's people that want to get on, you're getting a couple thousand emails from a couple artists. Why not, you know, feed your pockets? I mean, what's what's wrong with that? It costs you gas. It costs you money to rent all this, you know, rent all this equipment or even purchase all this equipment for you to own it yourself. So it's like, you know, something's got to something's got to give culturally more than just a thank you from from what you got yeah. going on. And support goes in so many different ways. So, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's crazy, though, man. I mean. For for people out there that haven't really heard too much about pay or pay for play, or maybe they thought like it, it's not a thing, because yeah. for for a while, like I, I kind of thought it was over, because there's been these laws in place. Yeah, just dig a little bit deep into it, and it's plenty like everyone's of, just saying plenty pay or pay for play has been remixed. Yeah, it's, it's like loop, it, yeah. It, maybe it's not on the radio, maybe it is. We don't really know. I mean, there's advertisements, but, DJ servicing. Yeah, blog post could be another and now form and now playlists. There's no regulation on playlists. Playlist, yep. I mean, and yeah. you got these audiences on a playlist playlist and someone wants to make their track hot i mean what are they gonna do to make it boom i mean i mean they maybe can, someone will put them on but yeah, maybe they gotta put themselves on financially too to pay for that exactly. slot you I, never know you know like i i feel like there's a balance that that meets the middle like there are i'm pretty sure some artists that don't have to pay to get on yeah to certain playlists but um and they the, organically, the curator might hit them up and be like, "Oh, and this content might go up." But there might be that artist that has a manager that might know somebody that might pay a little bit of money to break this artist on that particular playlist. Yeah, but it's so. like a case by case basis. And I know we were talking about it before. And artistry, uh, rappers, musicians, athletes—I mean, they're all trying to be at the top at the end of the day, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah what are they much. really going to do to get at the to top? To gain that, yeah. Yeah, and it, I mean it. It it costs, and um, I feel like in any industry to to get to for a network, somebody's worked hard for it, and I feel like at that point, if they want to charge for their network, like who are we to tell them that they shouldn't make money off of it? You know, yeah. I mean that's just that's just the way I look at it. So I can't knock them. Some people do it, some people don't. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, so, so for your genre, for rap music specifically, party, like what are the Probably like the top three blogs that you try to hit up to get your stuff played once uh, you come out with a new track. Content wise, I'm really rocking with No Jumper. I actually like to hit up smaller blogs too. Like, uh, my, I got a homegirl, Amber DW Says. The Says is pretty lit. Shout out to Amber and shout out to Liv Adams. They're pretty dope. Um, you also have Say Cheese Digital is another one that I know a lot of people have been using. I, I see a lot of people try to hit academics, but. I can't tell if he's DJ more academics. Of, yeah, I can't. I can't tell if he's more of like a a troll blog <laughs> or not I, with with the content that I he don't posts. know, man. Because I mean, sometimes <laughs> but he, he would be a top one. Sometimes even negative media can be positive be for pro- the person. Like, yeah, I mean, I feel like. I mean, let's get into it. I feel like Logan Paul's controversy, for example. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah it. it defamed him a little bit but think about yeah. how many people how many more people know his name know now, his name off off of that right? alone. yeah yeah and how yeah. many people out of that are forgiving him yeah there's gonna be tons a percentage of, of that right <laughs> so it's like really he's making a gain whether you like it or whether not you like it or not i mean though and the way i look at negative feedback is you know when somebody hears something 
I feel like I feel like 10 people might tell someone, yo, this is hot. But I feel like 20 people will tell multiple people why they hate this that much. Oh, so, really? I mean, naturally. You feel like that the haters outweigh the people that are about it? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I, con- I, and they come in so many different ways that you wouldn't even notice. But I notice more like a lot of the rappers that today that we wouldn't thought would be here currently, people have showed why they hated them that much to other people. And other people are probably like, oh, I don't hate them as much as this person showed me i mean for instance riff raff when he dropped the glacier freestyle i showed everybody why i hated him at first yeah i hated it at first and then once i really like understood what he was doing after the fact i couldn't knock him for his hustle and it was like yo man he's doing something that i clearly am not and i also feel like in terms of haters i mean you might go tell someone that a song's trash but for every person that you tell some of them might might like closet actually like it actually exactly after they've looked it up exactly you gotta think about those ratios too (laughs) yeah it just goes back into it like any any media is really good at the end of the day for the the most part yeah yeah so ultimately it is it is yeah man i mean so what's your strategy everyone's trying to get up on instagram Mm mm-hmm I know you got to leverage that too. So what's your strategy when it comes to getting your profile up, uh, you know, being a personality and a musician and everything? I know you got like uh, like 4,000-ish followers right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, and that, has it been a slow or fast climb? Because, I mean, a lot of people been, are wondering. For me, it's been a slow climb. Like, I, <laughs> like I've... <laughs> It's taken me some time. Like the last, I noticed like the last three years, I've been trying to, I've been trying to figure that out. And it's been, it's been a process, man. I I don't really know how to, how to explain on how to get them to catapult, but I just feel like my content has to grow more. And I used to sit on my music. I would drop like one song, like every six months. And that wasn't enough. So I, what I've noticed my engagements and my impressions have done better when, um, when I'm posting more about what I'm doing consistently. Yeah, like documenting it. Yeah. Like and, Gary Vee document versus create. Yeah, you, you, you have to. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you don't have enough content if you only post stuff when you create, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So your consistency. Especially if you're a musician, like how quick are you going to put out a song that you're like ready to show to people too? You got to pump. I feel like at this point, you got to reach a, a place to where you can actually pump it out. Um. Anyways, I think... The uh, the audience wants to probably hear about your strategy when it comes to Instagram. I know you're chilling at mm-hmm. like four thousand. I'm at like yeah. four thousand ish. Okay. And uh, you know what's been your strategy when it comes to that growth, and how long has it taken? Like, has it been a snail's pace? Has Man, it been super it's, fast? It's for me. It's been at a. It's definitely been at a snail. I feel. I feel like it's been at a snail's pace for me. Yeah. Uh, it's slowly growing for the last like two years, but I do. I do feel like because I I wasn't consistent enough with dropping the right amount of content, mm-hmm. um, that's a reason. That's kind of like a reason why I have an incline. What what I do love though about what Instagram did with the story, yeah. My thing was I didn't want to consistently be posting so much content, and then it's just like I'm I'm just posting to post, and yeah. there, there's nothing that makes sense behind it. But with that story, with things being able to disappear after uh after 24 hours and it can be not as polished yeah you, you know p- people can still people can still follow and see what you have going on so the more that i've been using the instagram story the more that i've noticed i promoted myself the more music that i'm that i'm putting out to as well i've noticed that the more my following has been growing too as well yeah i've been doing the i've been doing the follow unfollow thing too but if i, I if think I like that can help to a certain it, extent certain to be extent. honest yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And especially, I think, especially when you're getting that first thousand to two thousand, like just to try to hit that mark, yeah, that works for some people. But you know what's the problem with that is, I feel like a lot of those people that follow you off of that, they won't be as engaged because they're only following, following you because you, you the follow them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. they're not really into your stuff. So are they really going to like and comment on your stuff? Which at the end of the day, that's really what matters. What, what matters most? Yeah. Uh, wh- whether you're trying to sell your song or you're trying to do a brand deal, the same vibe. I it, mean. Because you're really, at the end of the day, you're going to be interested in people sharing your music with other people. With other people, yeah. So that follower count isn't going to mean nothing. If you have a million and your song's not getting circulated, what's the point? What's the point of it? Yeah. No. Um. I mean, that's that brings me to the whole thing about buying followers. Like, that's a whole other ballgame. That (laughs) that doesn't get you anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Especially, oh my gosh. Go ahead. Go ahead. What you're about to elaborate? No, no, no. You got it. You got it. 
that yeah the bot the buying followers thing uh i mean because how, how do you get engagement engagements off of something that doesn't even exist so it's just it's it's like it's like purchasing a ghost. Follower. I think you can get engagement. You can buy likes and all kinds of crazy stuff. I yeah. But I've actually also seen that too. a quick tip for people who are wondering like how do I tell someone bought their followers or buy, is buying engagement? If you go into their feed and you look down and you know a little bit deeper into their history mm-hmm. and you see their likes at one level and then all of a sudden it jumps, it jumps. by like a couple yeah, thousand, thousand and it's consistent. Yeah. Yeah. That they doesn't, don't have the proper that, backing just happen to back like that. that. No, it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, unless it can it can organically happen like that. But like maybe if your stuff goes viral. But yes, I mean, yeah, exactly. I think you'll know if someone you follow goes viral. Viral you know? for sure. Yeah, yeah. At some point, you're gonna you're gonna see where they're where <laughs> they're gonna incline from this peak yeah. plateau that they were at. So I mean, content is everything. So if they if they promote some form of content, you'll you'll know as to why. But I think it's crazy too because I feel like once you get into the whole buying game and like yeah. supplementing your engagement and stuff like that, you have to keep it up because your natural engagement is never going to meet that. So people are going to be able to tell, tell that you're faking it. Exactly. So it, it's like it, I think Instagram could tell too because sometimes they they even delete accounts that have bought like bought followers and and likes and yeah. they, want, they want to keep it as organic as possible from a from a public figure standpoint. Like that's yeah. that's what the platform is designed for. You can't really beat the system in that regard yeah i i, I would think in theory what about when it comes to soundcloud though because i know a lot of artists yeah, like yeah. they want to know about the game on there you know soundcloud i'm i'm actually new to actually using soundcloud i've had it for i've had it for some years but i slept on soundcloud super super hard and I, and what i've been paying attention to about the repost is it's it's a very between them and spotify are the two like broad markets i i do think that if soundcloud finds a way to get their playlist situation back. are you talking about like soundcloud and spotify the two biggest ones when yeah. it comes to being like independent musician independent musician yeah, yeah. music uh are the the main go-to I, i'll hear people like oh what's your soundcloud or are you on spotify yeah listen to or that. apple music but apple music i feel like spotify is just like the goat when it comes to playlists and like yeah honestly like audience circulation though i don't think anybody's can i don't think any streaming market right now is really competing with them in a sense apple music well, they're competing <laughs> i mean they're but. competing but i i man spotify right now has just been like ridiculous like they're killing the game they're right also now. going public soon too yeah, that's, a whole that? yeah, that's a whole nother story that's a whole nother story not not tell them that. That we, we, we need to get the shares first before we go <laughs> and put everybody else on that yeah yeah <laughs> they need to buy it for us later for like three times the price <laughs> <laughs> yeah no nah, um but yeah, no, uh, uh, Spotify is definitely a lit one. Uh, Apple Music, I'm I'm on Apple Music too. But yeah, but I'm talking about the strategy, man. The strategy. What what are you doing once you put your song on SoundCloud or anything? So are, you, are you are you trying to get it reblogged or re-blogs. what are you doing? It blo- for me right now at this point, blogging is is everything for me. Getting on getting it on the right platforms that have the right followers with with the right content on that platform strategically is my formula and i don't want to give them all my formula but that's that's like the direction that i'm going with that because at the end of the day if if you if you are if you have contacts with someone on soundcloud that has 10,000 or 20,000 or 30,000 listeners and they reshare it and they're consistently resharing you yeah. and people consistently see your see your name more than likely they're going to they're going to see okay well what is this about yeah. so blogging to me right now influences influencers youtube bloggers what anything that you can get your music content on that promotes your name is going to be the gateway to catapult yourself yeah but you know the one thing that i found that's really interesting is i don't think every repost Mm -hmm. is equal in terms of how much how helpful it is and you know why is like I've watched like my girlfriend, for example. She some of them are hit or miss. She, she'll hit up someone like like uh you know uh, shout out for shout out or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But what she's learned, she has to do is she really has to analyze these people's audience because yeah. you might get shouted out by someone with a hundred k or whatever, but they might not be into your genre of music, your genre of art whatever you're into so it's like you really gotta analyze and put the the pieces together before you even get that yeah. shout out because it might not even help you researching whether it's paid or, or just for trade yeah researching researching your the content that's going up is important because there's just for instance 
there's just some content that you might not even post yourself. There's some. There's a lot of content that I won't promote myself. Like, yeah. if it, I feel like, and I, you know, everybody has their own hustle and they can get it how they can. But I mean, this is just from a personal end. Like, I'm not the. I don't think I look like the most street artist, so I'm not. You're <laughs> I'm not gonna not, go hit up like the most like ratchet it, it world might be star. Very, you know what I mean? <laughs> even if I viral tomorrow, like I. I mean, I would love to do a song with 21 Savage and just be very interesting how that would play out. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, depending on how, you know, we found a way to market that particular song, it could be great or it could be hit or miss. Yeah. Like, for instance, like, I mean, take Slim Jesus. <laughs> as, as He popped off with the drilling, but it was hard for a lot of people to believe that this kid was what he was portraying himself to be. And, I, I mean, at the end of the day, that's between him and his personal life to say that's his lifestyle but it's you run into that sometimes within this market so knowing your market and understanding your market is very very important for whatever audience you're looking for yeah Yeah. and i feel like if you're going to get reposted by like a top i don't know like maybe not necessarily top 40 because your stuff is kind of like poppy in a way Mm -hmm. you know in terms of like the party tracks and all that stuff yeah but if you're going to get, oh, let's just go the extreme route. Like you were saying, like some gangster stuff. Like yeah. we're talking like <laughs> really, really hood stuff. Like talking about killing people and all kinds yeah, of stuff. A blog that has a, a bunch of followers for that and they reposted you. I don't think that would really be of that much value to it, you. Even yeah. if they had like 100,000 listeners, like I don't know if it really would be as helpful as if <laughs> as a, a blog that had more similar sounding music or more poppy or yeah. a little bit more party-ish yeah. that had the same amount of audience. If yeah. you're going to get so much out of that Man, secondary repost, there, you know? There's been, there's been playlists that I've actually submitted my music for and um, the curators would say, well, you know, the sound of the music is is you know good as as the mix and the mastering is great, but we just want to make sure that the, the success works out in a sense to where we can actually market and push this particular sound on these particular playlists that we have. So even in business, you know, um, there's location, location is everything. The product is everything, and you don't you can't just put it on any shelf and expect for it to sell because it's in Walmart. Like there's certain walmarts that feed certain demographics and i mean yeah you know it's i feel like i feel like the the formula is the same for music too as well when when you're putting yourself up on these blogs like world star and uh two dope boys or whatever may have you my mixtapes or it's, it's just it's it can be very very hit or miss so definitely researching what you're looking for researching your audience is very very important anyways man we're talking about social media and kind of building your own buzz really when it comes to soundcloud spotify instagram all the socials do you plan on signing to a label in the future if the opportunity struck or how would those cards really have to look for you to really put your name on that that, Especially that, with us seeing examples like Chance the Rapper or Twenty One Savage. Twenty One Savage was like, you know, I I don't have no label now. He signed with Epic, so it's like, I mean, the label thing with the way social media is today, like what you said, you have such a gateway where I feel like you generally don't need a label, but if you have that extra push and the deal is right, I couldn't see myself turning it down. Yeah. If if everything made sense, if the terms fit the creativity, if the terms fit, you know, uh, my financial standpoint, I couldn't see myself saying no to it. But I mean, long term, if you had to look at your mm-hmm. your plan as a musician right now, like what what would it look like? Like, are, would you say like I, I want to be independent until this label, yeah, right, until right. until this level? I mean, like or? right now, I'm trying to stay as independent as I possibly can and and push myself independently as much as I possibly can. So I can, I can build that leverage for myself because when it pops, then now I have that, that right to decide like maybe even a bidding war. I might have two or three labels wanting to give me everything that I'm looking for to have a partnership with me. And if I sign too early, there might be a chance to where it's like, okay, well, you know, we got to talk to this label to make sure that, you know, these people want to buy me out and it could be a process. What about people signing with smaller label? Like smaller, (laughs) like, yeah, now you're good. (laughs) Just redo this. Yeah. (laughs) 
What about people signing with these smaller labels, right? Like Kodak Black, man. I don't yeah. know if you heard, yeah. but he was signed with a label before he got with the main big one, main right? Big, yeah, yeah. And that came up as a financial issue, right? And he, I, I don't know how it ended up. I don't know if they ended up, the bigger label ended up paying the small label some Off money or whatever. To get him, yeah. Ooh. What do you think about these people essentially signing with like mother labels that are funneling them into these bigger ones uh, per se? Because I, I, yeah. What do you what do you think about that? And I, is that is that ever in the plans for you, or would you only go big or go home? Really. I'm really at a go big or go home state. I think big, I dream big, I move big. I try I try to I try to make it my best to where like if it's not big, <laughs> I don't if it's not big enough to scare me, for me it's not it's not worth the chase, but um I mean if if that helps an artist to get to where they're trying to go and it, and it makes their process a lot more simplified, then that's probably in their best interest for me. I mean, a smaller label might not be the worst. It just depends on their plan too. How how are they going to, you know, move forward with us together, shoulder to shoulder, to get to the finish line and where we're yeah. trying to go? So you're not necessarily saying it's a waste of time or like investment. You're saying it, it's honestly yeah. just a case by case basis. You, most of this stuff, honestly, man, I've noticed is like it's more preference and in the eye of the beholder and what you want. I feel like a lot of people really don't know what they want. As far as me, I can't I can't say that's what I'm chasing right now. No, yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't sign to a smaller independent label. But if that if that label was bringing some an offer to the table that I couldn't refuse. I'm more than likely not going to turn it down. You know. Yeah, what I, mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. But but some people that they, and but business is business. People aren't just going to come around and say, "Here's a million bucks, go do your thing." I mean, there's always strings attached. You know. I tell I tell some of the homies this sometimes, like, and this is just the gym that I would say for anyone who watches this, like, if you chase the business like you said, you're going to be able to manage your money and you're going to be able to manage your fame, but if you chase the fame you're not really going to be able to manage your money and you're not going to be able to even control your business. So knowing what you want out the gate is going to be the best bang for your buck from a business standpoint. Yeah. So if that, if everything makes sense and you have a good lawyer, you have good people around you to say, Hey, yo, this might be what takes you to the next level. It seems authentic. It seems genuine. You know, we want to move forward with you from a great standpoint. Then go ahead. I can't. Mm. I couldn't. I couldn't find myself knocking it. How could you elaborate on that, though? I mean, like, what? Why is it that people that chase fame can't manage the money? I mean, that's how a lot of artists end up getting shelved. Um, a lot of artists don't know how to. A lot of artists will do it strictly for the fame, and and I mean, and who like who would have thought at some point because the business wasn't handled in the beginning and and. As as hard as this is gonna is gonna be able to state that we I, we would see Birdman and Wayne going through the situation that they're going through, you know, and that's why I've always heard to handle business from the forefront. There's oh yeah, of, you're saying because like Wayne didn't really know what he was really getting into in the end of the day, right? The contracts or how he was owed money, but I mean only they know the true details of that circumstance. But it's just it's it's very interesting to see for me, you know, as a person who observes an eye for detail, maybe if business was probably handled accordingly, the right, you know, out the gate, they probably wouldn't be in those same circumstances as they are in now. Yeah. That's just my two cents on the, on the situation outside looking in. Um, but I've, there's plenty of artists who sign something without reading it really. Exactly. You know, and, and they, they just jump on it. Like there's there and that, and that's, that's a very common thing in the industry. It's no secret. There's yeah. plenty of times that people never read their contract and then now they're like when they're on on the hot seat, it's just like, Well, did you read your contract? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, Oh Of course when it's like when it's to is, the benefit huh? of the label or the yeah. person that you signed to, they're like, Well, it's well, in the contract. It's in the contract. You but they really the want you to read not look at it exactly. when you're in the process of signing all, too. All smoke and mirrors and like it's it's a very common thing and it's a very unfortunate thing, but like I said, that's how at the end it's like, oh, this is how business is done. It's like, well, you should have handled business from the jump. It's not our fault that you didn't. Anyways, man, when it comes to recording these tracks, like with Sound SoundCloud and Spotify, I'm getting them out. 
you know, the mixing and the mastering. Let's rewind back into the studio. I mean, like, what is, are your motives when you're putting that pen to paper? Are you trying to give the audience a certain feeling? Because I know, like, for example, in this interview I saw with Khalid, Khalid, however you want to say his name, that's how I say it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. He, uh, he, he had this, uh, this quote. He wanted to make his friend cry when it came to uh, Shot Down. And it had to do with, you know, uh, you're just feeling so so bad and so sad about a relationship and he was in the car with his friend when he when he right after he mastered it and mixed mm. it in the studio and he played it and he saw his friend crying and like he felt like successful he in a way action from it from him. and he knew that he could really make people just go through this whole experience through hearing his his, uh, his songs and and that was really his was his goal was you know ha- having his uh his sound waves portray these feelings to people. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, when you're in the studio, what are you, what are you looking for? Um, I would, I would say when I, whenever I'm creating something, I, at first I normally chase where, where my mental head is, is at toward the song. And then I jump into how can the audience relate to the style of what I'm saying? And then the mute, the content, that I'm putting out. So for instance, um, I have a track that I'm getting ready to drop called wrist mode. I have a really dope Michael Kors watch that glistens. And yeah, I mean, for me, it's, I'm not really a, a major jewelry fan, but immediately it was the first thing that I noticed when I would look at, and I'm not wearing it now, but I would notice when, um, when I was looking at, when I was listening to the music and I was looking at my wrist and then it was just like, yo, everybody wants a dope watch piece. Everybody wants dope jewelry. So then I felt like, okay, well, you know what? That's a way to relate to it. Mm-hmm. So then came so up So you're searching it. for something that you can relate on with the audience when, with? When I create some of my content, it's based off of if they can relate to it or it could be like, for instance, cruising solo. I was going through a lot in that process. I was living in Tampa, Florida, and I was transitioning. I wasn't in a happy space, and I do have a 1966 Ford Falcon. So in that song, it was like, it was like, yo, sometimes we need that that mental headspace to clear our mind. So like that's where the let me take a ride through the night concept came in, and I felt like a lot of people could relate with what I was going through ride solo cruise through the moonlight and yeah. then they just kind of like it it lures them in so it just de- it just depends on where my head is and then as i'm as i'm putting out what i'm putting out it's something that i feel like an audience should be able to understand yeah like they like can feel they should know, be able to too. so i agree with that they should be able to hop into your shoes and be like man i've been there yeah is that you know like I mean? kind of the and, goal and see and see my world but from their point of view yeah yeah and that's always the best space to, that's I feel like that's where the best music is created because people can relate to it. They they feel what you're feeling and then they they want to hear your message. Cuz I mean there's plenty of times that like where when we want to party, we want to feel something in that mood and fe- and music should set a certain mood whenever you're creating the content. So yeah. that's the that's where I depending on the production of the beat, the the beat that's being composed, that's where I transition into what I'm going to write about from there. love it man hell yeah man dope (laughs) (laughs) so you know looking into the future Mm -hmm. we're talking about soundcloud spotify i mean these are technologies and websites that you know only came into realization like within the last 10 years really yeah so it's very new and looking at that i mean where where do you see the economics of being an artist or a musician going because i mean from what i've heard i mean Music's not making the same money it was making back in like the seventies and eighties oh, no. and all that, you know. Uh, people aren't people. And the research I've done, I mean, you gotta look at the numbers. To. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, people people are streaming now. I mean, it's it's cheaper to spend nine bucks on Spotify or ten bucks or fourteen bucks on Apple Music, and then you download as much music content as you want, and then your play counts as a stream. Yeah. So it's. It's really dis- the distrib. The- I feel like that's a way to kind of like balance out that label in too as well because it's like who only select people can distribute this music. You need the proper content to put and distribute out this music to iTunes and Spotify and all <laughs> and all these places. So it's like future wise, uh, 
it's definitely not like what it was in the past because people aren't spending a dollar on albums the way they're used to. So you have shows, uh, merchandising is another way. Yeah. Advertising on your social media platform. Once you have a certain amount of followers, now people are going to want to contact you. Hey, we want to endorse you to wear this and you promote this once a week on our blog or on your i mean not our blog on your social media site yeah were you were you ever like off put because i'm sure you had a realization moment you're like damn like yeah i'm never gonna make the same money at like let's up made or whatever like it's just not gonna happen at least at least from the conventional way that they went through like maybe through shows or some other way yeah but I feel like it's just, it's changed, it's transition. Like everything's on its side and people are kind of finding out like, where am I going to make these margins now? I, 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 but I do feel like in a sense, this is just me personally. I feel and like- And I, I, don't, I don't feel like you're not going to make that at, money much at, uh, from- The album not, sales? Not from like investments or whatever, but I'm saying yeah. in the term the of music? you selling your music and getting X amount back, mm-hmm. I feel like just the margins and exchanges just aren't the same. I, I get the feeling though, man, like- Looking at business from the past to now, I feel like there's more money to be made now than what they were making in the past, though, because they they had to deal directly with a label. Like from uh, the independent standpoint, there's plenty. Like Stony, what he said, Post Malone's like, yeah, I'm I'm getting 30k just for a walkthrough, like, and he just he's literally just walking through. There's plenty of walking artists, through a what? What do you mean? Like he's just showing up. Like for, oh, if you to want, like a club or if something. If you want Post Malone at your event, he's he's. I mean, that's what he's saying, 30K for a walkthrough. Damn. Like, that's that's big money to just show up for 10, yeah. 15 minutes. You know what I mean? And uh, So l- let me interlude a little bit. Mm-hmm. So so you're saying because the artists are holding more leverage now, yes. it gets a little bit more interesting because of that. Because of that. Because it's not, you're just not, you're not just getting this cut from your album sales. Yeah. It's coming more it's from. It's coming from your your shows. Uh, and like I said, merchandising is the, ne- is the next biggest thing. You sell a thousand units of a t-shirt they'll probably go like that to especially the, to if it's your own base. brand that you built outside of your label deal exactly huh? Cons- like like there's so many other so it's ways. just different in a way like like maybe the money is not going to be the same through that same funnel yeah but there's, there's always these they, other, other outlets to make up for it yeah, yeah man uh, um and and then and that's where social media is ridiculous like like I said, even even in the advertising, like Led Zeppelin and them didn't have an Instagram where they can charge, you know, a small up and coming T-shirt brand where they where they do some print work for them and charge them 10 grand just so they can promote that. And that's just one brand, you know, probably so, more than that. Dude. Probably, yeah, it, 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 <laughs> Based it, off of you know, what Led Zeppelin's <laughs> following would be. But I know what yeah, you mean. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's, there's just so many other avenues and ways to, to compensate and make the money the festivals it's it's there's it's, there's just so many different there's just so many so many different <laughs> different avenues that they didn't have in the past like i don't like <laughs> i'm stumbling on my words but just thinking about it there's so much money to be made it's just different you're saying i i mean i feel like now they have i feel like now they have a lot more access to it because these consumers are are people are addicted to social media, dude. They're really addicted to it, and it wasn't there twenty years ago. So the only way that you were gonna see Led Zeppelin is is if it was to go to his show, or and the only way you're gonna listen to him was to buy his album. And now, like, there's so many there's so many angles as to making money. Other, I mean, you stop publishing. There's just there's so many ways to make money. It's the mechanics. The sale, the album sales. You have the merchandising. You the game is just the different, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah, man. Yeah, hmm. it really is. So, man, what can we look for coming out of this interview? Like, what products are you working on? What kind of you got any tours coming up? What's what's the story? Well, I'll be doing a six city tour, but Mama, I'm a rock star tour alongside. With <laughs> Wait, is it but Llama? Is that what we said? But Mama, I'm oh. a rock star. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So the concept pretty much is like. Me and and a gang of friends were we're pretty much we got our mom, and uh, our mom's like we're in our mom's crib and we're just some struggling broke rundown like artists like the way that we are pushing we have a dollar we have a dream and we want to make this dream come to fruition and mom is just like yo like y'all gotta get this together like I love you guys you guys are my boys you know 
but we need to we need to bring some dough in. And we're like, no, nah, mom, you know, we make music. I'm a rock star. Well, if you're a rock star, go bring me some rock star money and go throw a show. We're gonna go throw a show. Yeah. So we'll be touching Atlanta, Georgia, Tampa, Florida, Orlando, Florida, Miami, Florida. We're gonna come back to Los Angeles and the sixth city. We're still in the works for. Uh, I'm thinking somewhere around San Diego, maybe Huntington Beach, maybe Long Beach, mm-hmm. or potentially we might go to NoCal. But we're still we're still in the works with that last that final city. But um, but yeah, man, that's that's coming up. I still got the Red Rose Noir T-shirts. I'm not wearing it right now because I'm repping the SAE. Yeah. But, um, that's uh the merchandise that I have going on, and I'll be dropping probably a project pretty soon. I, I'm trying to think if I want to just con- get, keep putting out singles, but I might want to throw out a body of work if if the numbers and the impressions and the social media wave goes away. Like an album, or what, what are we talking? Maybe maybe like a uh, maybe like a more of like a LP, maybe like a yeah. eight to ten track LP, not really an EP, but um, yeah, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say an album just yet, mixtape, some some form of that sort. Yeah, yeah, something it, that it, can be judged as that, an album. Heck yeah. <laughs> 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 produced produced by main primarily uh, ghost notes but uh a few other producers you'll catch on there too yeah uh, yeah a couple features one, that's one. cool man what kind of uh what kind of tracks do we got on the on the horizon right now uh right you're now, working on that ri- was it risk game uh risk mode is is one of them uh i have another track called hollywood coming up uh i'm I have a I have a dope track that I'm getting ready to put out content wise that's gonna go on a pretty lit blog that I'm gonna try to market through No Jumper too as well. Not trying to, I'm going to market through No Jumper as well too. But um, yeah, man. Like, What's the lit blog besides No Jumper that you're talking about though? Another one? Oh, is that what you're oh, talking no, about? Oh, by no, the lit yeah, blog? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I have my focus on like platform. Adam Twenty Two don't he don't hundred percent know it yet, but I'm coming for him. So, so. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, yeah. yeah. Gonna, <laughs> gonna build that bond, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> build that bond. <laughs> We're gonna build that bond, bro. <laughs> We're gonna force it, like yeah, Debo style, man. Yeah, <laughs> that is a that is a is one of the I would say body of work is is the main focal point that where I'm trying to process in my head of. If I if I want to drop something where it is a bunch of content at once, or slowly give it to them piece by piece by piece. Yeah, yeah, but that's gonna come together in the right time. And I'm still in a very heavy writing stage and uh, writing and recording stage. So once I reach that 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 process of mixing, mastering, then it's gonna be releasing. I want at least twenty to thirty songs in like the next month. And in the next month? Yeah, man. I've been trying to do at least two three songs a week right now. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Just, yeah, pushing myself in a sense where I've never gone before, and like it's working, man. I've I've already been on it. I'm already at ten. So, yeah. Dang, man. I'm excited. Well, like, yeah, man. I'm excited to hear that wrist that w- the wrist the, mode. The track. wrist mode, man. Wrist mode, wrist mode. I style on wrist mode. Yeah, my wrist mode. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be lit. Hey, man. <laughs> Anyways, though, thanks for the interview, brother. No, I appreciate your time, man. Yeah. Everything that you're doing is gonna be is gonna be more to it, more to come, and I'm excited for what you got going on too, as well, brother. So this is about to be dope, man. Hopefully, we can get you on a tour. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> the business is right. Max chats with Max. We'll Let's get tour. it. Get ready. <laughs> be ready. Bang ring. <laughs> What's up, guys? This is Chats with Max. Hope you guys love that interview. Thanks again for listening. I really appreciate it, and uh, hope you got some value from that one. We got an awesome interview coming up next week. Stay posted. Looks like we're releasing it on Monday, and I'll see you guys soon. Catch you later. Have an awesome day.